0: Hello, friends. Happy holidays. I hope you're enjoying a restful holiday with friends and family wherever you're tuning in to this. I'm still on my holiday break. I'm taking a couple weeks off of publishing new episodes, so I thought this week would be a great opportunity to repost one of my favorite interviews that I've done recently. Today's episode is an interview that I did with my friend Isabel on her podcast, Kegels and Coffee. We actually recorded this almost a year ago. This was recorded in late January of 2022. And I remembered really enjoying the conversation and it was really fun to revisit this conversation with Isabel. This is one of the more vulnerable episodes I've done in a way, talking about my first ever panic attack that I experienced almost exactly a year ago today. Um, This happened on December 23rd of 2021, and it's something I haven't talked about on The Nugget yet, so I figured it would be helpful to share it here, share the conversation and that experience and what I took away from it. Anyway, I'll leave my intro at that. I'm going to just roll Isabel's entire episode, including her intro, which talks a little bit more about the episode that you're about to hear. Be sure to check out Isabel's podcast if you enjoy this conversation. It's called Kegels and Coffee. You can find it at kegelsandcoffee.com. So check that out if you wanna hear more great conversations from Isabel. All right, happy holidays once again, and I hope you enjoy.
1: Welcome back to Kickles and Coffee. My name is Isabel, and I'm your host. Some of you may wonder why it has been months since I last published, and To tell you the truth, my life has felt a little bit like confetti thrown up into the air, but I'm back and really excited to share some inspiring conversations I've had this year. I met Stephen Dimmitt and Rifle at a campfire, and before realizing who he was, the host of the Nugget Climbing podcast, I started telling him about my podcast idea. He immediately started geeking out with me, and I learned so much just that night. Stephen became a good friend and also a mentor. I don't think I would be where I'm at with my podcast today without his help. Aside from all the technical support like explaining the podcast platform, giving me editing tips, helping me buy recording equipment and understanding how it works, I think one of the most important pieces of advice Stephen has given me is Isabel, this is your podcast. Make it your own. Have fun with it. We recorded this episode in Waco last winter. And honestly, coming back to it now feels kind of like perfect timing because in our conversation, we actually talked about the pressure we put on ourselves hosting our own podcast. And Steven said something that really stuck with me that as humans, We go through seasons, and we may need different things at different times. Hearing this now, again, makes me feel a lot better about having taken the summer off. We also talked about the resistance that any creator bumps up against, in our case, editing block, and how to stay sane while still getting all the work done. The other reason I find this conversation helpful right now is that often I look up to others who seem to have it all figured out, and Stephen is for sure one of them. I mean, he has made his podcast a true success. But in this episode, he actually shares a vulnerable side and a recent story that was kind of like a wake-up call, his very first ever panic attack. Stephen inspires me. He went from working in a cubicle as an engineer to becoming a full-time podcaster living in his van. I think you'll find some good nuggets. Enjoy. No, seriously, what am I doing with my life? How did that come across? Did they
0: hear me? I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind. You're messed up. I need to just Netflix and chill. Like I'm gonna meditate like a badass. <laughs> it's just like this psychotic break, and then I like get my period and I'm like, oh,
1: it was just your period again. <laughs> like Am I the only one feeling this crazy? 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 Crazy.
0: I'm excited actually. yeah, because this, Yeah, this touches on, like I've done quite a few other interviews, but um, they're either like more about my climbing or they're way more general. Like they're about starting a business and starting the podcast in general from people that don't really know what I do. You know, yeah. like these are like business podcasts and entrepreneurship yeah. and things like that. Yeah. They haven't listened to it as much or they just don't know what the climbing lifestyle looks like. Yeah. So this is fun because it's kind of an in-between.
1: I will say I'm a little bit nervous because, Are we know, doing the thing? We're doing the thing.
0: Okay. Um, I quite like, I, f- I feel safer having a table in front of me. <laughs> it, it makes me feel really comfortable.
1: It doesn't make is you feel it, like a little child. You need a little bit. A little dip. bit.
0: A little bit. But my feet are on the floor, so that helps. You know, they're not like swinging in space.
1: It does kind but of we're feel we're sitting nice. in
0: Isabel's van, and I have this beautiful, is this like handcrafted table sitting in front of me, and it just makes me feel...
1: Paper. yeah that's awesome i love that it's
0: comfy i might have to get one of these anyway I, I interrupted you
1: no no i was just saying that i'm nervous um i mean i'm generally speaking still very nervous when i record but with you specifically after like months of you mentoring me with technical questions and content and advice um, here I am interviewing you. <laughs> Look and at you,
0: you're doing the thing. You like we're talking into microphones right now.
1: <laughs> Thanks to your yeah, guidance. I mean, honestly, I don't think I would be here today talking to you, interviewing you if it hadn't been for you helping me sort out, you know, the gear, questions and and just encouraging me to go for it. That's cool. So, thank you for that. Yeah. And thank you for being here
0: yeah it's well it's I'm honored to be here and I'm excited to listen to your podcast
1: It'll be interesting to see where it goes, yeah, and so we met the first time last season in rifle um at a campfire, and <laughs> ironically, I was telling you about my podcast idea, and I didn't realize who you were. <laughs> And I was like, you know, sharing all these things and you're like, oh yeah, and you can do this. And you were giving me advice and feedback. And at some point I look over and and you you mentioned, oh yeah, I'm the host for the Nugget Climbing podcast. <laughs> and
0: I just Did you level. know what it was?
1: No, I knew what it was, but okay. for some reason. Because
0: that still surprises me. Like, Oh,
1: really? Yeah. I
0: mean, I've, I've only been doing that. It hasn't even been two years yet That's since my first episode came it. out. Yeah. Right. So this was what? October? So a little over a year and a half in.
1: It's insane. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's both like become normal because I hear feedback from people all the time, but also still like completely surreal and mind-blowing that anyone is listening.
1: That's awesome. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like every time it does hit you a little off guard. Yeah. 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 And I was sitting there going, oh, I was just blabbering about my podcast idea. And this guy is actually like kind of an expert at it. Because yeah, I listened to your <laughs> podcast. And I was like, did I say... Things that really didn't make sense, but you were so kind and open and sharing and and giving feedback. No, thank you. Um, and so yeah,
0: I really like it. It's like you know how you get a group of climbers together around the campfire and they're just talking beta, Mm -hmm. just spouting beta, and all their you know partners, significant others who don't climb are just like, oh my god, yeah, (laughs) rolling their eyes like, well, we don't care what gas stones are, you know. This usually happens when you're like out on a Friday night with climber friends, and like you're, you know, you live in a city and (laughs) you're dating people that aren't climbing. Because on the road, like we don't date people that don't climb. Anyway, (laughs) that's
1: that's (laughs) another question I was going to ask you. Do you ever actually have time to date? I don't see you dating. Oh man,
0: you don't see me dating. (laughs) No, no one does. (laughs) Um, Dating is something that I make time for. Generally, when it, like, falls into my lap and is and is exciting. Yeah. I, I never have sought it out. And that's not because I'm, like, I'm so, like, disciplined or so determined to do whatever else. It's just that's how I've always been. I've never um, pursued dating for its own sake. Yeah. I don't really know why.
1: Would you consider dating a non-climber? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the... I've thought a lot about this, actually, over the years, and I've dated some non-climbers. Yeah. There's, like, no... I've dated climbers. I've dated non-climbers. And so far, there's no correlation between them climbing and it being a good relationship. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that's just not really that important when it comes down to it. Like so much more important is do they, are they driven at something? Mm -hmm. Because I think that is both very attractive to me, but it also allows them to appreciate and understand me in what I do, you know? Yeah. Like I um for instance, I one one person I dated was a competitive runner and I felt like we could really understand each other in that way. She like got it. You know what I mean? And I've dated climbers that were way more just going out there for fun, you know, climbing's just one of the many seasonal activities that they do and it's just a fun thing and they didn't get it, you know? Yeah. They, they didn't get what climbing meant to me.
1: Right, right. So
0: You know, I don't think it has to be climbing. It doesn't probably even have to be something physical. Right. But if I I really am drawn to people that are pursuing excellence in something and are like really, really interested in something.
1: Talking about excellence and discipline. (laughs) Yeah. um, That is something, one of the first things I noticed about you. Yeah, I just saw that discipline pretty quickly that you had... um, Not just for the podcasting, but for your climbing and just in general. And I remember in one of our first conversations, you had talked a little bit about the transition of, you know, leaving your engineering job and pursuing the passion of the podcast. And you said to me, I took it like a full-time job. Like I really took it seriously. Mm. Um, And I was curious if you could talk a little bit about that transition, and then also sort of how the podcast came about and what it took to make it happen. Because like you said, it's not been a very long time and you obviously have already, you know, become really successful at it. And I think in part it is not only, but also because of your discipline.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll back up and give you a little bit of my backstory, the the cliff notes. So before doing this, I'm 32 and started climbing at 18 and just fell in love with it. You know, over the, probably the first four years, it just went from like, this is really interesting to full blown obsession. Uh, but then for most of my 20s, I actually worked as an engineer completely unrelated to, well, mostly completely unrelated to climbing. I worked in the outdoor industry for the first year and a half of that, and then worked in aerospace for five and a half years. and. I'd kind of like accepted that, you know, that was the best I was going to do. Like, I I just kind of bought into this idea that um, I had to choose a career path from this framework that were kind of handed to us, you know, like you go to high school and then college and you pick one of these things when you're in college. And then that's kind of what you're doing for the rest of your life. You know, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur or someone that could be an entrepreneur or that's, or someone that wanted to be, because I think I associated that with like Silicon Valley and tech and stuff like that. You know, I didn't, I never thought about like building the thing that I wanted to consume uh, until much later. So I spent, yeah, most of my twenties working as an engineer and pursuing climbing, like training in the evenings. And I actually really liked having a, routine and a structure because I I felt like I could, you know, design this optimal training routine and scheme that would make me the best climber I could be. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Totally ended up changing my mind about that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I was just like this obsessed climber that was stuck in a cubicle all day and I would listen to podcasts obsessively. And I think it came to a point I, um, I discovered Tim Ferriss, who's probably my biggest inspiration as far as what I'm doing now um, from, from outside of climbing at least. And some of his work, like his podcast and then uh, reading a couple of his books, it just started me on this path of like challenging a lot of these assumptions that I'd been carrying with me, you know, like why do I think that I can't build something and own a business and create something? Why is that? You know, it's just because I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think that I fit in that box. Yeah. Um, But I can redefine that box and that box is, it's not a box. It's like a spectrum, you know? Right. Um, Yeah, eventually it kind of clicked that there was a podcast that didn't exist that had a lot of these elements of self-improvement and um, maybe maybe like a layer deeper, maybe that went a a layer deeper when it came to human connection and really like discovering people but in the context of rock climbing that I really wanted to listen to. Like I thought it'd be so cool if that existed and no one else was doing it. And I don't know why I thought I could do it, but I, I knew that um, I had the curiosity, you know, yeah. I had the curiosity to, and the willingness to like, Put the time in to to learn about the person to be able to ask them interesting questions, to put the time in to learn how to make it sound professional. You know, these simple things. It all it helps that I like had a background in audio and music before engineering. But I'm I'm wired that way. Like I'm technically savvy, you know, and and I like solving problems. I like learning things and systems. And I love I have systems for everything, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. It just it's it seemed worth I think there's a there's a couple key things to touch on here. I think it seemed worth making for its own sake. And I really didn't know if anyone would want would would want to listen to it. Like I didn't know if this was a need that other climbers were feeling or if it was just me, but it didn't matter because it sounded really fun to me. So that might be the most important element to touch on here because you know, back to your point about discipline, and back to my point about like sitting around the, the fire with climbers, like I've always trained as a climber. I've like would done a lot of structured training and hangboarding and things. And I get that comment a lot. Like, wow, you're so disciplined. But I just really like it. Right. Like it doesn't feel like discipline because I really like it. I, I want to get better. I care enough about getting better to do those things. And it doesn't feel like suffering to me. Right. Whereas some of the things that people do in climbing – that are outside of my preferred modes of climbing, like climbing snowy mountains and stuff. Like, that sounds horrible. I, <laughs> like, you know, you, you have to force me to do that. So I just think discipline's an interesting concept. Like I don't even to- totally know what it is. Cause like, is it discipline to work on something every day if it's your favorite thing to do? Right. I, don't, I don't know. And I mentioned the the fire thing because, you know, when when you asked me, when you started asking me questions, the podcast is like my next favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) Like I love talking about climbing, but I love not my own podcast, but just I love geeking out about it. And like, I've learned a lot and I love sharing that. It's like talking beta around the fire. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun for me to, to, it was really fun for me to hear what you were thinking about making and kind of like puzzle through that with you, you know, just like bounce ideas back and forth.
1: Yeah. It was so helpful for me and and really in hindsight just really exciting to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about and actually giving you real feedback on the ideas and the vision that I had mm. do you feel like for me um personally i think when i work on projects that are very much relying on my own effort to make it happen that the pressure and the expectation goes up mm.
0: Yeah. I mean in in a sense absolutely because what you make is you're responsible for what you make, right. right? You hold all the responsibility and that's an intimidating thought. You put something out into the world that you made and other people judge that and it can feel like they're judging you, right? But I think um I I think I had kind of like desensitized myself to Desensitized might not be the right word, but um prepared myself for criticism and and really gotten to a point where that didn't feel threatening to me because like i I know I knew what kind of really geeky in the weeds podcast I wanted to listen to, but most of my friends aren't that way, you know, like I can usually talk my friends' ears off about geeky training stuff, and like some of them are all in, but many of my friends are like, okay, dude. <laughs> or my family, you know, they're like, uh, like me and my brother-in-law can geek out about training for, for hours. And my sister's just like sitting there with her eyes glazed over. Mm -hmm. So I'm used to that. Like, I know it's not for everybody. And I think it helps to whenever you're putting something out there to realize it's probably better if it's not for everybody. Cause what value is it going to have for the right people? If it's, you know, watered down so much that everyone kind of likes it.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? It it loses its spice, its taste. It's like, yeah, like its direction or, yeah, message. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I really love what just, yeah, your concept around discipline um, really just changed my perspective because—
0: Well, there— I should finish that thought, okay? Because I because I finish didn't finish. It. There's another side to it, and I'm glad you said that because it reminded me. But I was I was also uh, in addition to listening to a lot of podcasts when I was stuck in my cubicle about um, training and you know athletic performance and things like this. I was listening to a lot of discussion around creativity and this idea, like like Seth Godin, is a, incredible mentor of mine and Steven Pressfield. Like I've read, you know, War of Art multiple times and Seth's books, like This Is Marketing and his podcast Akimbo and things like that. And you really start to ingrain these ideas that, you know, inspiration is great, but you have to pair that with choosing to be a pro, right? So there is some because I don't always feel like working on podcast stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't necessarily always feel like scheduling and interviewing someone week after week after week. I do, I do an episode every Monday, right? But it, the best thing I've done for my career and for my lifestyle and for my podcast is to commit to putting out an episode every Monday. So there's, I still love it and I'm not having to force myself to do it. But I'm choosing to be a pro. You know, that's another Stephen Pressfield book that's had a big impact is like, sign yourself up for that, commit to that. Because, you know, the best writers sit down and write every day because that's what they do. They don't always feel like it. And sometimes their writing totally sucks, right? But you have to like get the bad writing out of the way in order to get to the good stuff. I
1: feel like in some ways you sort of Mm, approach life that way because i see you with a podcast i see you with a rock climbing or a nutrition and i also hear you're like actually a very talented musician which i um have yet oh to boy. experience <laughs> but i feel like you you know when you say like in in to a certain degree you take the things that you do and that you care about seriously whether you'd paid or not um for that same reason, you have this knowledge of you have to show up no matter what. And not every climbing day is going to be the same. And not every podcast episode is going to feel the same. And some days of editing stretch forever. And some days feel very productive. And so you just have to show up no matter what.
0: Mm. Yeah, there's almost a paradox, isn't there? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like learning... I'm learning to temper that a little bit, I think, too. And it's interesting to hear you say that about me as a climber and a podcaster. I think I feel more that way with the podcast because mm-hmm. I could kind of envision how it could become a career and I could envision how it could enable this like dream lifestyle for me and open up all these other amazing opportunities. Like we all have to have a job, you know? And choosing this... I mean, this is the most fun I've ever had making anything. Like it's, it's my favorite job I've ever had. It's not even fair to call it a job.
1: That's incredible. But,
0: but, you know, being okay with it, being work sometimes can kind of make or break it, I think. But what I've done in the past is tried to swim upstream, uh, you know, with things like I'm going to become a professional musician and I decided to, cause I love music. I was always doing music in high school and I was talented at it, I think. And I decided to study music in college to give myself accountability to see what I could do with it because I wasn't intrinsically motivated. Like I didn't have the drive with music that I have with climbing. Um, so I tried to force it and it didn't work. It, it backfired, it burned me out and I hardly play anymore.
1: Interesting. So
0: I I think that's where I see a lot of people go wrong. It's like they think they have to, they think discipline is like doing something they kind of hate doing or they don't really want to do and making themselves commit to it long enough that something will change, you know? And like, I don't know anyone like that. I don't know anyone that's like incredible at something that they don't love doing, right? Like there might also be discipline involved there because they have big goals and, They know those goals aren't going to just magically happen on their own. But it starts from that. It starts from a place of like, this calls to me. I don't know why, but this thing resonates and I really love doing it. I love that you just silenced your dog with a finger. (laughs) You just...
1: (laughs) Just raised my my finger and she start stopped growling at in the Don't interrupt. Dog. Don't you interrupt? Steven, that is rude. Wow. That is rude. I know she's a very well behaved. What is her name again? Eeny.
0: Eeny. Uh, How do you spell Eeny? E
1: e n i e, like Eeny Meeny Miny Mo.
0: Where did that name?
1: So the people that found her in, in Texas actually. Found her and her three little sisters. They were like tiny little puppies, just like in the trash, basically. And uh, they called them Ini, Meenie, Miney, mo And I got the last one. I got the Ini.
0: <laughs> She's a good listener. She is. <laughs> Look at those ears.
1: <laughs> Big ears.
0: Good ear to head ratio.
1: I mean, it is good that she is a good listener because I like to talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> Talking about... Okay, so what... Going back to what you were saying, there's a, uh, there's a saying in German... That is, um, let me translate it, Uh, basically translates to um, ambition is passion with a V8 engine. Mm. Because what you were just saying is like the passion part is important. Um, And for me, all life decisions that I've taken have come from the heart, primarily like an intuition, a drive, like you said, something that you're just excited to do. And then the discipline, you know, partly learned growing up in Germany and also being raised by two parents that, you know, were structured and, and, you know, had high standards in some ways, whether it was dance class or piano lessons or school. Um, So partnered with a passion. I feel like similarly that there was always the passion and, you know, for me even coming to the United States to go to college um, was followed with a lot of logistics and, figuring out how but the passion was there Mm. and I agree with you that is such an important part
0: yeah because yeah I mean it's interesting isn't it like I think all the most fulfilling things in my life have that combination
1: Mm -hmm. right like
0: it's I don't know ambition almost has this it almost feels icky.
1: Yeah, it does feel icky right? to me. Yeah, and it feels Maybe very capitalist is, or something yeah. or like american. Yeah. Maybe driven
0: is better. Driven but is but then at the same better, time yeah. it's it's just interesting cuz like what's the opposite? Like if you have complacency isn't any good, you know? Right. If if I just do whatever feels feels good? Yeah. Every day? Yeah. I'm not going to work on things that I care about. Right. And you know, most days and that's not going to be very fulfilling. Like it might feel good for a couple of days, but that's that's a really seems like a really boring life to me.
1: I have to say, I'm just a little bit jealous, though, because <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, I'm very passionate about the podcast. And at the same time, um, I'm just noticing how quickly that negative self-talk creeps in, mm-hmm. um, and whether it's about, you know, first of all, it's always annoying to listen to your own voice. Yeah. So that's like the first part. But then in addition to that, as I'm editing, I'm like, I forgot to ask an important question. I mispronounced this word. I spoke too quickly and a million other mistakes. And that can really take the wing, the wind out of my wings and like the joy out of the process. Um, and I know you've told me, Isabel, it's a learning process and you have to be patient. Um, and I can... Rationalize that in my head, but it still is demoralizing to feel like you're not doing a good enough job mm. to me.
0: Yeah. I, w- I wonder for you is there like a sense of permanence? Like you're creating these episodes that will last forever and have these like glare, glaring
1: yeah. errors
0: in there forever? <laughs> Because I was hung up on that too. I'm, I'm, I'm asking that for Just
1: the air glaring in your face for the rest of your life and all the judgment. Yeah. And I'm
0: gonna try to make you feel better.
1: Okay, make me feel better, Stephen. <laughs> please, I need it.
0: I felt all the same things. Um, I still do. I still cringe a lot when I listen back to these episodes. And part, <laughs> I've gotten very good at editing because I'm like <laughs> very often cringing at myself, uh, which is a great hack. Technology is amazing. Um, just lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that?
1: You were going to make me feel better.
0: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, But it's hard. It's really uncomfortable to hear yourself, to hear your voice, just the sound of your voice. But then to hear, I don't know, it, it, like when you annoy yourself, it's like, that's a terrible feeling.
1: Right, but, exactly. But
0: for someone like you who is you're you're on your way cuz you're listening with that critical ear of like what can i do better next time right and something that i've that i realized later like i remember kind of stressing about like do i need to have a launch strategy and how do i want to like put this podcast out into the world the reality is no one listens to it at first,
1: yes, that's you know, true. and that's like, actually kind of comforting, yeah,
0: and a lot of those learning episodes, I think it's still important to like learn a lot of the skills before you publish anything because it drives me crazy when the first two or three episodes of someone's podcast, like they haven't figured out the audio quality yet. It's like the volumes are way too quiet and things like that. you know, like fix all that first before you publish, and I think you're doing that. but you know. For, for a reference, some of my earliest episodes have, I don't know, 20 or 30% as many downloads as my all my recent ones, mm-hmm. right? And when I think about podcasts that have literally changed my life that I listen to, it's like discovering an amazing episode or a few amazing episodes that stand out among hundreds, right? But those had such a big impact on me that they literally changed the course of my life. Right. They opened me up to some new idea or got me to read this amazing book or I had that epiphany moment listening where I understood something that I couldn't not understand from then on. You know, it's like something clicked and life was different after that, you know?
1: Oh, what a great feeling. And if if
0: you have one of those episodes for someone else, if you provide that, Who cares if it takes 30 episodes to get there? You know what I mean? Yeah, that
1: makes so much sense. Yeah, thanks.
0: And those are the ones that people are going to talk about and share. And then they're going to be tuning in. Right. And some of those people will go back and they'll listen to your first episode. But if it's way worse than your 30th, they're going to be like, damn, she improved a lot. (laughs) That's really impressive. You know, she like... (sighs) is really like working at this. Uh, it's the people that like still make all the same mistakes they did from the start. Right. It's like what are you doing?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a really good reminder. I tend to just put a lot of pressure on myself and um mistakes are hard for me and feeling like I'm not doing enough or well enough is a is a common theme like I would say negative self-talk Um, is something that I'm constantly working on like I'm better at seeing them the thoughts and monitoring and being aware but um, yeah I think the best advice you've given me when I have these freak out moments are these text messages like Isabel have fun with it it's your podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that was probably one of your best pieces of advice when I was like in the midst of like should I do this or that or this and you're just like just have fun with it it's yours yeah (laughs) <laughs> stop stressing
0: yeah there's uh, it's i mean it's yeah. also it's really hard because you have complete control and the the options are crippling like you know the number of things that you could do intro music like how long should it be like we do i want to do an intro do i want how long should the episodes be? How often should I put them out? Like there's so many decisions to make. It's like, oh my god, it's exhausting.
1: We should take screenshots of all the text messages that I've sent you about these questions, the <laughs> poor thing. There are days that I'm like in it and I'm just bombarding poor you and thing. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Steven is never going to talk to me again." Here we are. And here we are, we're talking, we're recording and talking. I love
0: it. I love all at it. the
1: same time.
0: Yeah, it feels good to help, you know?
1: Thanks. I've yeah, I've learned all this nice. stuff.
0: It's like like if you to tie it back to the climbing thing again, if you come up with really, really creative beta on a climb and it takes you, let's say the hardest thing you ever do takes you like years to do this climb. And one day you get this idea and you come up with something brilliant and it makes the difference that you've never seen anyone else do on this climb. Hopefully you send, right? That's really gratifying. But like, the best thing from then is to be able to share that with someone else and have them be, like, really appreciative of it, you know? Yeah. It's, like, feels really good.
1: It is a good feeling. That's actually true. That is a good comparison, and that does feel good when you can share beta with somebody, and and it wor- actually works for them, too. You're like, oh, nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. And
0: in this case, too, it's not, like... I don't feel like there's really a, a direct comparison. I think that's an interesting thing with... um I think I think this was, this goes back to probably Seth Godin as a mentor mm-hmm. as far as like really ingraining this idea, but I really am not worried about more new podcasts coming out in the climbing or outdoor space. I think that really, I think setting a higher bar, like raising the quality of the content that's coming out and the honesty of these conversations... Will draw in a larger audience and make more people interested in these podcasts. You know, I I think there, this is the same with so many other things. I think there's this tendency to want to assume that mm, it's a zero sum game. There's only so much to go around, whether that's wealth or whether that's, you know, attention, people's attention. And we're all competing with one another.
1: Or love too. Yeah. They say that, you know, like love is actually infinite. Yeah. It's not this finite thing where it's like, right. I need all of this love from this person or, you no, know. No, you
0: can give it, you can give all of it away and it just begets more love. Yeah. And then you have more than you started with. And, yeah. 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 So it helps. It like helps me. I also learn a lot talking to you, you know, think, cause I, I I'm considering doing more podcast coaching someday or making a course. So it's really helpful. it's really valuable for me. It also like has I think a couple of the points that we've talked about have caused me to kind of revisit my own setup mm-hmm. I'm like oh, this doesn't make as much sense as I thought it did or this was just the first thing that I found that worked and I've I could actually improve on this a little bit.
1: That's nice to hear that all of my ridiculous questions <laughs> <laughs> might have <laughs> you know um, worked as some feedback for your own podcast
0: you know i I want to pay you a compliment actually i'm I'm impressed by you that you're so willing to ask because I think I really struggle with that actually in certain in certain areas I have like maybe a little bit more pride around figuring out myself because mm. I feel like I should be able to
1: oh got you got you yeah. see for me what would kind of inhibited me more is that feeling bad about it about Mm -hmm. like you know taking your time and energy knowing that you're working on all these other things it's not so much the pride as it is um feeling guilty um and i have gotten this compliment one other time i was doing this big dance production in boulder at the theater and um somebody told me you're good at asking for help like logistical help for load in, load out or whatever. And at first I was like, man, am I just like one of those people that just demands other people to help me? But then also I realized sometimes I do create a passion or like an excitement that draws other people in that want to be there. And they're just excited to see the performance and just be there with the dancers. Um, yeah, I guess there is a sign of my ambition or my passion mm-hmm. is like, I'm I'm like, if I want to do something and I want to do it right, and I know you have so much knowledge, I'm just going to go until you shut me down. I <laughs> said to myself, Steven has the right to shut me down any day. Huh. And I had to repeat this in my own head. Like, if he's not willing, he will stop or like maybe he will write an answer five days or a week after or tell me right now is not a good time. Um, I just had to keep remembering and trusting that I can count on you setting your own boundary Mm. um, so that I didn't have to yeah so I had to keep reminding myself because I I didn't want to be that nagging person where you're thinking Isabel, watch a freaking YouTube video Mm. like there are tons of them out there and I was doing that but then it's also a very fast learning curve with you
0: it's almost too there's too much right Mm -hmm. it's hard to sift through it all right yeah
1: um Yeah. So I want to talk about something that came up the other day um, in conversation in Jeff's van here in Waco. Um, You mentioned to me that you had your first panic attack not too long ago. Um, And I really appreciated you sharing that with me. And I think that was another one of those moments where you're trying to make me feel better Mm. because I was having a really difficult day. And
0: yeah. you. I remember that now. I remember what precipitated that. I remember why I said that. You said something along the lines of you were like being really hard on yourself. And then you said, look at Steven, like he always is calm and like always has it together, you know, or so, something along those lines. Right. I was like, actually, <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a little minor detail. I just yeah. had my very first panic attack ever. Yeah. Um. So I'm curious almost
0: exactly a month ago yeah
1: Yeah, okay Mm -hmm. only yeah so in december um so i'm curious for starters just the day that it happened um what did that day look like and what was that experience for you to actually have the the actual physical experience to have the attack Mm.
0: yeah the the irony and we can we can go into this. I think we probably will go into this in more detail. But the irony is that I was supposed to be on vacation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Instead you had a panic attack. Yeah,
0: I'd given oh, myself... Uh, I did this last year too. I, I gave myself the last two Mondays of December off from doing the podcast. I publish every Monday all year long. And I decided the first year, like I'm going to do 50 episodes a, a year and not 52. And I'm going to give myself... A holiday vacation. And I, I think at the time it was actually because I was like behind and wasn't going to get the episode out on Monday or something, <laughs> something like that.
1: You know, my new rule is uh-huh. as of now.
0: Exactly. But it felt good. And it felt like a nice recharge. And I caught up on some other creative projects I'd been excited to work on. And I wanted to do the same thing this year. And I think it was Um, this is kind of a tangent sorry but but last year when I did that for the first time it was also really helpful to step away and then to come back and all my listeners were still there like that was really nice it kind of took some pressure off
1: it's like a reassuring
0: yeah like okay I don't I'm not like a slave I'm not like attached to this schedule that I created for myself forever you know I want
1: to get back to that because I think that is one of the things that's also feeding into my anxiety like that (laughs) global pressure of like once I launch you better be ready right and it's never ending and you're just like I I must have like 30 episodes ready to fire you know like that (laughs) like perfectionism Mm. you know Mm -hmm. air on the conservative side
0: right so anyway, I was on vacation. I was in Bishop California on a climbing trip, and this was december twenty third a couple days before christmas and I was taking a rest day and i had I had just kind of felt um, stress building over the previous couple months, and we can go into more detail with with what came before it but that specific day, I probably had like a baseline a base level of just kind of this sense of like, ah, got to get it all done. I'm like behind, you know? And then it was probably just a perfect storm that specific day. Like I had been, um, kind of a strange thing, but, um, I've been very interested in my own metabolic health for the last couple of years and I've kind of done some geeking out on, you know, my blood work and my blood sugar and how things are looking. Um, there, there's some details why I first got interested in that, that we don't need to go into, but just like something had happened and I was kind of like, Oh, I kind of need to keep an eye on this. Like, I don't know if I, if carbs just don't, you know, agree with me well or what the deal was. Um, but I hadn't, I hadn't revisited that in quite a while. And for whatever reason, a few days prior, I had decided to like check where I was at and had some really scary results. Like I, checked my fasted blood sugar and it was 130 one day, which is wow. like technically like if you Google that, it's like, Oh, you might be diabetic or pre-diabetic. It's like a really scary high. But then like, I just, I was just like freaked out, you know, like my brain kind of spun out and like, Oh God, I think I have diabetes, you know, just like kind of irrational checking more often and like, Oh, my blood sugar throughout the day actually looks pretty good. Turns out, um, Another tangent, but I think I have a food allergy. It's really interesting, but I've been doing this elimination diet. And within like two weeks, my fasted blood sugar was back down into the 90s. Wow. Yeah. So I think something I was eating is just-
1: It's not good. Causing
0: like a s- cortisol, like stress response. And right. And that can kick up your fasted blood sugar.
1: I'm glad that you figured that out. Yeah.
0: And
1: I've heard of that, the elimination diet. Yeah. To like get to the bottom of the things.
0: Right. And I'm still, it's, it's hard to like get to the bottom of those things because we're so complex as humans. There's so many different inputs, right? And it might right. have just been stress, but I think it was also something I was eating. So anyway, a background of building stress that we can talk about more from the podcast and just life in general, um, this blood sugar thing, which I think was psychological and physiological. Like I was just feeling worried about that and also my body was kind of stressed for some reason and then that morning (laughs) I had picked up all my mail in Oregon on my drive down to Bishop and just had a stack of it sitting there and that day I just was like okay today I'll catch up on my mail it's a rest day and I had like two notices from the IRS that I owed a bunch of money for taxes from a couple years ago
1: (laughs) oh my god that will do it
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so it's just interesting. Like yeah, there there were a few things I can point to and I definitely was anxious and stressed, but I think the takeaway is that I was shocked that I had a panic attack. Like I'm if I if I asked you to like gauge whether or not I'm an anxious person just sitting here in front of you, what would you say? No. And I, I think I looked the same outwardly and almost felt the same inwardly when I was in Bishop. Like I feel, my mind felt relatively calm. I don't feel like I worry about things very much. But I think it's, it was kind of like the frog in the boiling water, you know, like things had just kind of been building in this, this sense that I was behind on all these important things that I had told myself I would do or I would do by these dates that were totally arbitrary. I was just letting those things just overwhelm me, just letting myself feel like the weight of the world was on my shoulders, you know, but not cognitively. Like I wasn't anxious. Like my mind didn't feel busy or stressed really, but my body was was feeling that. And I think it was just building. So, um, So yeah, that day I went over to a friend's house that lives in Bishop to pick up, a package i had sent to them and pulled into their driveway and just felt really weird like i felt like i was having a stroke or a heart attack or something i felt like this really pretty strong and growing pressure in the center of my chest just felt like i was laying on my back with a weight on my chest it was really weird i'd never felt that before and then my face went numb like my face felt really tingly and numb and my neck too and it was totally bizarre. I I went into the house and just kind of like, I checked my pulse. I remember walking into the house, like, I think I'm okay. I think this is just something strange. And I tried to like play it cool. And I was like, kind of interacting with my friends and watching them watch me, you know, like, am I, am I being weird? Like they, they, they're acting normal. So I think I'm like looking, I think I look normal but I don't feel normal, you know? I excused myself and went to the bathroom and like looked in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, my face looks normal. I'm not like bright red or like sweating or I, I don't know. And then I walked back into the house and um, it was my friends, Annie and Graham, and Annie's a doctor. And I was like, Annie, I'm having some really strange symptoms right now. She's like, what's going on? Just that immediate, like very calm yeah. doctor voice, mm-hmm. like, tell me what's going on. And I described my symptoms and she's like, Okay let's sit down, (laughs) start with that. And um, yeah, I felt, I felt, I feel really lucky. They were, Graham and Annie were like literally the two best people that this could have happened with because Annie's a doctor, very experienced with this stuff, knew exactly how to take care of me and she did. And then Graham has tons of personal experience. Like he's struggled with panic attacks his whole life since he was a teenager and my what i was describing completely matched his experiences so he was able to confirm like that's this is what this is you know
1: yeah
0: cuz i'm sitting there like my my problem solving brain is just like racing like what what caused this how do we fix it how do we prevent it how do i do better you know and they're like dude just be with it mhm it's okay. This is normal. Normal mm-hmm. things are normal. That was something that Annie kept saying. Like, normal things are normal. Panic attacks are normal. You're not having a stroke. You're breathing and your heart rate. Your breathing's quick. Like, work on taking long inhales and long exhales. But your heart rate sounds good. No weird. I don't even know the terms. but
1: Yeah, for the help population. Yeah. Like something, yeah.
0: Right. And yeah, I just sat yeah. on their couch for maybe... An hour and a half or two hours and just kind of sat with it and she gave me a xanax, which luckily kicked in uh you know an hour an hour and a half later yeah they gave me some tea, but it was just the most it was it was so dissociative like that was the word that kind of kept popping up in my in my mind like my mind and body are on completely different pages right now right and this is so weird and i I was just shocked that a panic attack could happen to me because I've always just been chill, you know, like laid back and easygoing and chill and calm. And I've I've never called myself an anxious person. I've never thought that I had anxiety. And I, I don't know if I do, you know, but it's it's something different. It's just like your body telling you that it's had enough. Mm-hmm. You haven't been respecting its need for rest and for turning off. Like that's something I've talked about uh, with some friends recently is like practicing the yin and the yang. And I'm really good. I don't know which is which actually, but <laughs> I'm really good at like turning on, like getting things done, productivity mode, like in my climbing, in the podcast, whatever, just what's the next on the to-do list. I'm going to get shit done. And I'm terrible at the turning off. And, you know, like I, I've historically brought That same productivity mindset to my rest activities. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, Like I'm gonna meditate like a
0: badass. (laughs) You know? It's like, what is that, dude? Like, that's not how it (laughs) works. You need to just chill the fuck out. Oh my gosh. Like, why do you have meditate and go for a walk and journal on your daily blackboard to do list? Like, that's not helpful. Just do those things to turn that shit off
1: right it's like you you're implementing the same system to those things because you feel like that's how you are going to get them done and add them to your that's how I'm going to optimize even further yeah
0: Yeah.
1: Um, when you said earlier your friend said to you just be with it that actually sparked a question um, that I had which is in general you already expressed that you're really good at turning on and going, which I can see, um, how are you then with feeling things, whether it is, you know, stress or sadness or anger, um, or like you said, just like the simple pressure of having a lot on your plate? Um, are you somebody that sort of like is able to like pull it in and just keep moving forward? Or are you somebody that expresses any type of emotion that would... It seems to me like maybe... Not so much. That's interesting. I'm curious because you are a very sensitive human being, clearly, because you do, you know, um, very creative projects. So there's a lot of feeling, you know, whether it's music or the creativity of rock climbing or the podcasting. And I just can't help but wonder if the build up to that moment was pushing down some stuff.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it I think it was. I think I can be I think I have the capacity to be very good at listening to other people and also to myself. Um I've practiced an enormous amount of mindfulness and that has been life-changing, like very very positive for me to really just sit and observe your own thoughts. And I think but but I think what I struggle to do is like consistently carve out the space to do that, Yeah. you know? And I, I've, I've gone through, I guess, chapters where I've done it really consistently. Chapters where it's been like something I have to do every day, which isn't the healthiest. Something that I want to do every day, which feels really good. And then I think leading up to the panic attack, the last few months, it's been not suppressed, like pushed down, more like pushed out on my mm-hmm. calendar. Like mm-hmm. I'm too busy, which is so stupid, but I'm, I'll get back to like all the things that I know I need to do to take good care of myself. Once I get all this shit done. <laughs>
1: it's the harmonic. It is so ironic. Right. So thing. I was just yeah. like,
0: because I went back to Washington and I spent six weeks hanging out with my mom and dad and climbing in Leavenworth. And it just felt like a really good opportunity to catch up because it's easier to, be productive there, staying in their house, having good Wi-Fi. Uh, the weather was kind of crap, so I had a lot of rest days. I wasn't training. I was kind of taking my foot off the gas pedal with the with the climbing. So I was like, sweet, I'm gonna get some some fucking work done. I'm gonna catch up and get ahead on episodes and like you know I was pitching uh, to new potential sponsors all month and that was new and intimidating and felt scary. I'm trying to launch some new stuff for my Patreon, my patrons that support the show. I was doing coaching and I had more clients than I ever had at the time. Just, I'd said yes to a lot of things and set timelines for myself that were, I was just drowning in all of those things, you know? And letting myself feel like, yeah, I had to get it all done before I could kind of get back to my routine, which isn't how it works. Like, you have to take care of yourself and and practice mindfulness and meditate or whatever it is that makes you feel recharged and grounded and all that stuff when you're busy, you know? Like, that's when it's important.
1: That's, like, the one that's most important. Exactly. Yeah. I learned that also, like, sort of the hard way. Um, that same performance I was mentioning, the theater production, um... I started feeling the buildup and I was very well aware of it because, you know, I'm doing like logistics, marketing, dancing, directing, scheduling dancers, scheduling rehearsals, spending time in the theater with a lighting designer. And I was this go, go, go. And meditation, yoga, I'm like, what's that? You know, maybe a glass of wine at night and just like pass (laughs) out, you know, upload the rehearsal videos, call it a day.
0: Yeah. Glass Um, of whiskey with my mom and dad (laughs) and then square dark chocolate.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All of it and I got to the point where I was I couldn't suppress it like I I was very well aware of my heightened level of anxiety because it just is like this humming and like you said definitely like pressure in the chest for me and this feeling in the head in the face that you were describing and just my general disposition um And I was like, I need to, I really need to do something about this. And I right around then got into Kundalini yoga, which is a form of yoga I'd never done before, but, um, it just happened to be a class that was just a block away from my place that I was staying at at the time. And, um, it's very much energy work and some chanting and exercises, very physical It's high repetition exercises, very strange, but, um, cleansing like i Mm. i started really feeling that i would walk away from those classes feeling positive and more relaxed and actually more energized um and i just realized i have to go to this class every single week and i'm going to commit to that um and it changed the entire experience of that production and i mean that was like a whole summer of working on that and i was going to ask you that was one of my questions before the panic attack what your tools had been leading up to that point and it sounds to me like you had a lot of tools because you've been practicing mindfulness for a long time and you know meditation and you know whatever other practices you might want to mention but it it is just that when you get busy it's easy to fall off that train
0: yeah exactly I think I was just neglecting them you know and it's it's funny. It's like I can <laughs> I almost convince myself or try to convince myself it's like you've done this a lot. You've got it locked in like you're good, you know. Things like meditation or journaling, mindfulness or going on a walk and not bringing your fucking phone. Yeah. You know. It's like no, dude, you don't get to stop doing those things. It's it's like anything else. It's like climbing. There's no point at which if you just stop climbing, you you maintain everything forever. Like you you do, it, you know, the more you do it, the more quickly you can come back to it and you still have like a nice baseline there. But if you neglect the things that, that you need to take care of yourself, it's like this slow drip, but you're just like slowly filling this overwhelm bucket, right?
1: Yep. It's interesting because like... I am the same way you are in that sense. Like I like putting those things on a to-do list and then just see keep shoving it down. It's like my daily list and yoga's on there and it's just kind of like down there somewhere. But I will say it does help me put it on a list because that's just how I function. I know. And for some reasons, even though it's so silly and you it's like this should not even, it should just be in my being and in my life. There's something about it seeing it visually and there's also something about crossing that off the list and be like that is work you sat down to meditate Mm. you sat down to i I have a favorite astrology app that she has like a weekly podcast and it's important to me and if i I miss that it doesn't feel good Mm. um i just want to hear what's going on in the skies and like how it might affect me and maybe just you know it's just like a it's a self-care tool for me yeah you know not for everyone but and when i no, she launches her things on sun, a Sunday at 2 p.m. And it's on my list for like two days. I'm like, this is something I want to get off my list. Like, it's important. And then when I do it with my coffee or my glass of wine at the end or the beginning of the day, it feels so good. Mm. Um, so there's something about having it on the list that just still works for me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> totally. And I'm not even, I'm like, it's not like I'm anti-list now. No. You know, there's a yeah. total paradox here because that's worked for me really well in the past. It helps you build habits. I think habits are life-changing and so powerful. And how are you going to build a habit without a commitment? Right. But it's just, I think we change. You know, I think like we need different things in different seasons. And right now, like having these like, because the the problem with me is I collect these things. And all of a sudden I have like five things that I feel like I have to do every day to like have a good day. You know, before I even start working. Right. right, and (laughs) Like,
1: meditate, go for a walk, do this, do that. Exactly. And then just, like, too much.
0: Yeah. It's like, God, I'm over. I'm, like, stressed just looking at the fucking list. (laughs) Right? So that there's a line somewhere, and I don't totally have it figured out yet. Mm -hmm. But I think right now, having experienced my first ever panic attack, it's like, whoa, dude, you need to turn your brain off. You need to stop worrying about, like, checking boxes and getting shit done. And that's what I need right now. And it's, I think something I'm thinking about a lot being here is like how our physical environment plays into all this because like camping in the dirt in Waco facilitates a calm, relaxed life. I go on walks because it sounds nice and it's right there. I don't have to go, I don't have to drive to a trailhead or anything, you know, or, um, I sit in silence more with my eyes closed because it's sunny every day. And it's just feels good to do that. Like sit out in a camp chair in the sun and like just close your eyes for a bit. But then how do you maintain those things when it's less convenient? Exactly. And that is hard. And yeah. I, I don't know the answer. I think I'm realizing that it's... um, Like life can happen in seasons. You know, I was... I'm an optimizer. Like I'm an engineer and I want to like, for for years I was like hell-bent on creating like the perfect daily routine, you know? And I just don't think we're robots, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> we're not. And, and I wasn't um, respecting myself as a human who goes through seasons and needs different things at different times and like resonates with different things differently at different times. And I think it's, okay to do more things that recharge me when I'm here in Waco for two months and maybe do less of them when I'm somewhere where it's less convenient and the priority is on something different you know like we can live our lives in these like periods of sprinting towards a goal and then kind of like taking our foot off the gas and recovering but I got the balance wrong you know and I I think I knew that deep down, like it had been quite a while that I'd been pushing things out, pushing things out like 2022, you know, I'm going to Waco. I know it's going to be sunny and beautiful and I'll like get back to self care when I'm in Waco. Yeah. But you know, months of that without, um, without ever returning to some of those simple things was, was just too much. And, um, I'm, I'm really fascinated with how much <laughs> pain and anguish we can create for ourselves by holding very arbitrary expectations because I was just, you know, trying to like launch new, but basically I like went on vacation and was like, sweet. Now I can finally catch up on a thousand things that have been on the back burner for the last three months. Cause I've been cranking out my, you know, weekly episodes I can finally like launch this project that's this really fun new collaboration I'm doing for my patrons. I can do that and I can do this other thing and I can, you know, revamp my website and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you don't have to do all that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you <laughs> why would you hold yourself to this completely arbitrary expectation? Why would you feel stressed and guilty? about putting out content that no one even knows exists yet. Like, no one's asking for it. It's fascinating to me.
1: It's so fascinating. I was about to say that because that's the pressure that I'm feeling. I haven't even launched my podcast as we are speaking. And... You know, my best friends know it's like boiling and, and and like it's like in the kitchen, it's happening and it's coming along. And they're like, when are you going to launch? And I'm like, I haven't even finished editing two episodes. Like, I don't know. And then I'm like looking at the calendar. Well, maybe this would be a good month. And it's so arbitrary and it's so much pressure and it's all self-imposed. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. And it's like the beauty of having that drive and like the on button that you speak of. And it's like the detriment at the same time, but it's also what gets us going and traveling and and doing interesting things and like in stepping into outside of the comfort zone into the right. discomfort. I am very uncomfortable. I mean, right now I feel comfortable, but <laughs> <laughs> with you, finally, we're in a group, Steven. and I really do feel good with you know comfortable with you. But yeah, the the the, the recording is uncomfortable every time. The other day I had my recording with Madeline, and I was like kind of almost shaking on my drive over to Gletherland. I'm like, it's a friend. You're in the sun, like in your van. Really, like what's the worst case scenario? It's almost like this fight or flight thing goes on. Like, I'm going to die. We're all going to die. It's just like my failure is just going to end the world or something. That's how it can feel. And nobody gives a fuck because I think it doesn't even exist yet. I
0: know. But it's just like, outdated hardwiring in your brain
1: it is it is it's the fight or flight yeah I really think it's the think lizard it's like a, brain it's the lizard brain it it's thinks like,
0: there's a uh, like a real danger yeah you know
1: yeah Isabel if you don't you know launch your podcast by like March then you're gonna I mean get you get might as well a just tiger. Yeah, yeah. you might as well just give up on life like right. that's it I mean clearly like it's not gonna work nothing it's
0: so <laughs> normal what you're feeling you would be You'd be a total narcissistic sociopath if you weren't feeling those things. You know, like imagine that person. Like I feel 0% nervous about making my own podcast and telling people what I think about stuff. It's like, (laughs) imagine that person for a second. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yes, it's true. It's true. And I mean, part of being like somebody that cares about other people's stories and feelings and experiences is just being sensitive and being an empath and and having that
0: and it's all that new. Yeah, you're you're, you're taking on discomfort is great and growing your comfort zone and challenging your comfort zone is amazing. I think it's you know one of the most important things we can do to grow as people. But just like recognize that you're you're taking on so many things in this one thing that are uncomfortable. It's not just creating a podcast one item it's like a thousand line items that I'm realizing fall
1: realizing that you didn't tell me that i was gonna have all the thousand line items
0: <laughs> maybe only a hundred i don't know but yeah like so many of those things feel scary right now because they're all new but they will all become comfort zone every single one of them and then the times that you will feel nervous is like oh this is a bigger profile guest than i've ever had before right. or this is like a different recording setup or experience than i've done before or i'm like slightly less prepared because someone had to reschedule on me or whatever it is like those things will still bring out that feeling to some extent but like your your baseline familiarity and comfort zone will grow and change and envelop all of the stuff that you're doing right now
1: yeah Thanks. That is, that is definitely encouraging. Um, and it is also really nice to speak to somebody that I really do look up to. And like you said, you know, you have this air of calm and confidence. And
0: It's all bullshit, apparently.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> well, tell me. Okay, so that's it's something I want to hear about. Like the yeah. panic attack, how, because, you know, clearly it was a wake-up call. Um, and by the way, I just want to say yes. Waco is and has been for me also very healing. Like this is my first time really spending time here, and life's so simple here. it feels so nice, like you said the 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 silence, the stars, the walks, the not the scary dogs and the coyotes, <laughs> yeah. God. But um, yeah, Yeah. that is a whole nother story because you just, it just, sorry for the tangent, but we started talking about fight or flight and it just took me back to the moment that you were walking down the street and this pit bull almost attacked you here in El Paso. Yeah. Outside of Waco, I guess. I
0: just, this was last year. I just told you this story before we started recording, um, unfortunately. But yeah, you just see some like, some, I don't know, you just see some sketchy compounds here. You know, it's like, how has that person fashioned all of those things into a building that they live in? It's like Mad Max sometimes, right?
1: Right. And I was
0: going on a walk and it was one of those houses set way back from the road. So I wasn't thinking about being attacked by a dog, but I just see this like single line of barbed wire. strung about, like, four feet off the ground. Just,
1: like, one line? One
0: line. And it said, beware of dog. And I was like, oh, (laughs) that's not really a... You know, and (laughs) before I even, like, finish the thought fence, like, the word in my head, this (laughs) fucking terrifying bulldog just charges out of the property straight into the road and is, like, lunging at me. It was... Anyway.
1: So scary. So <laughs> scary. I'm so glad that you had the skill to like oh. you know like, like you said, look away, back off. But also, yeah, that's a real fight or flight kind of situation. And you said like the lizard brain. Um, yeah, and it just reminded me of what we we're just talking about. And for sure, like all the workloads and the self imposed deadlines and expectations can feel like you know, a dog that's like all like you know foam around the mouth, but it isn't. Mm. That's the that's the moral of the story. It's not going to attack us. We are attacking ourselves in some ways. Yeah, it's almost like a self. It's like uh, yeah. It's like this mechanism that in some ways works, but you know, in those moments, really isn't very practical.
0: Have you read The War of Art? Mm-mm. Stephen Pressfield has a name for this, and he calls it the resistance. Hmm and it's the thing that every creator comes up against it's what it's what writer's block is he contends that writer's block is not real it's the resistance it's this part of your brain that's trying to keep you safe because yeah. what happens if you put out something bad and you get judged for it you know
1: that's interesting i feel like i have the editing block yeah i literally was in my van computers open garageband is open I'm like, today you're going to edit this entire piece. This is what you're going to do. And again, mm. I'm struggling with on there that we go. specific episode. That's I was it right there. So bad. I did everything but that. I cleaned the van twice. <laughs> I like, I chopped vegetables for my stir fry in the evening. Your I never van's cook. very tidy. Yeah. I was like, literally just like, I just, whatever I could do, Stephen, totally. to stay away from the garage band. And I'm like, totally. Isabel, for crying out loud, just start doing it. Mm-hmm. It is so impressive.
0: (laughs) Great word choice. Impressive.
1: Impressive, Isabel. I don't consider myself a procrastinator, but now I am officially, um, according to your terminology, um, experiencing resistance. Mm -hmm. You should read the book. It's a quick quick read. It's very powerful. I would love to. It sounds like something I would enjoy.
0: I have thoughts (laughs) on that. I experienced the exact same thing. I like editing. I don't know why. I'm a weirdo, but I like it, and I still do that every time, and I do this every single week.
1: Thank you for sharing and, that with and me. And here's
0: here's why. Okay. Because, and every week I do this, I'm like, oh god, I have to edit an entire two hour episode,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you just create this monster, yeah, this Goliath, right? And you're like, fuck, where do I even start? That's such a huge task. Totally. And then I'm like. <sighs> That 's the wrong way to think about it. You just sit down and you chip away at it, yeah, and you start where it makes sense to start, which is at the beginning of the episode, and you just go <laughs> through it chronologically from the beginning and you to the end. from the beginning till the end, That's and you don 't have to works. do it all now like I'm i 'm way know. happier when I split that up throughout the week and don 't because mm-hmm. i 've done this so many times like i 'll sit down on a Saturday if it 's a rest day or sometimes a Sunday when like the episode 's going out the next day. And I just grind out like an edit of a two-hour conversation. And that takes me hours and hours, sometimes like eight hours to edit the whole thing and then record the intro and edit that and, you know, now record the ads and like polish the whole thing and balance the volumes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But you split it up and you chip away at it and you just take one, it's literally like one foot in front of the other because you're just cleaning up a chronological conversation that happened. Right. Right?
1: Yeah, and that's something I was going to ask you about. What does a week in Stephen Dimmitt's life look like?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still working on this. I'm not as formulaic as you would probably think mm-hmm. or structured as you would think. I'm also not as structured as I would have thought that I would be. Like, go back to my engineer cubicle Mm -hmm. life and like ask me, okay, you're going to have your own podcast. You're going to be your own boss. you know How are you going to organize your work week? I would have assumed that I would have landed on something that was very formulaic and structured. Like Mondays, I do this and blah, blah, blah. Um, But I've been really surprised actually really, uh, there's caveats. I live alone in a van and I don't have to kind of build my schedule around like social norms as much. Right. Which changes things. Because sometimes I actually really enjoy working late into the evening. Um, If it means I get to spend time with a friend earlier in the day, for instance. You know, like our our traditional lives are kind of the opposite. It's like work and then you have the evening off. So I've been surprised at how much I enjoy the freedom. The flow. Yeah. To kind of listen to like, what do I want to work on right now? And when do I want to work? Yeah. But I think without some boundary like I I still have to work on boundaries because that sort of thinking I think is what led me to having a panic attack like for the last two years I've more or less had I more or less have either had a climbing day or a work day every day yeah that's what I was
1: about to ask because like I could see you For some reason, just doing that and not having just like days completely off of everything. Mm -hmm. So that assumption was correct.
0: Yeah. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think I, that's actually a challenge I have for myself right now is to like try to figure out how to take a Sabbath. Yeah. You know, like a true day of rest.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Maybe not every week, but maybe every week. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Is that something you feel like has become more of a thought or sentiment since the panic yeah. attack because I was going to ask you that, like how your perspective or just like your way of yeah. going about it has changed since then, or if it has changed.
0: It has. Yeah. So a, f- a few things, I mean, it's, I think it's easier to have, um, again, I just love life in Waco because it's so simple. It's hard to climb more than like three or four days a week here because it's yeah. so physically demanding for me. So I have, and I usually only climb three Days a week, um, which is always surprising. But I look back at my calendar and I'm like, yeah, I I need two rest days after every few climbing days. So, you know, that's four work days, which is really nice. I feel like I have more of an abundance of time being here, um, which um, immediately takes pressure off, you know? So that's really helpful. I have been. Last year, I actually had a fixed climbing schedule. I climbed Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the whole trip in Waco and worked around that. And I really enjoyed knowing that I could always schedule interviews on Thursdays and I could always schedule coaching stuff on Tuesdays and I could always work on the next Monday's episode on the weekend. And I've done that a lot. Right now, I'm in more of a fluid flow. Uh, My climbing days kind of move around and I kind of fit things in when I can it's a little more go by feel a little more like organic and that feels like it's working right now too nice. but the important thing again is the balance and the boundaries and something i've been doing since december 23rd is okay i need to not work on climbing days i can have four work days a week if i'm behind or need to do that to like i i will do whatever it takes to get the next episode done you know that's like my Line in the sand. But then, as far as extra stuff, I'm only going to do what I can do in those four days a week. And they're full work days. Like I work full time. You know, it's probably not 40 hours a week every week, but sometimes it is. And usually it's at least 30 hours a week. Yeah. And I should be able to get that done in those four days. You know, maybe the occasional quick email if I need to schedule something or lock down like a scheduling thing.
1: Right before or after climbing something yeah, like that, yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. usually
0: you don't climb all day,
1: right? Exactly. But
0: just knowing that I don't have to come back from climbing and work, or wake up and work and then shift modes, has helped a lot. Yeah, a lot. I've, a lot. I've
1: noticed that about myself being down here, and and um, drawing that clear distinction. Because when I first got here, I feel like it took me a week to land. Um, and I agree with everything you said. This place is very healing and it does feel spacious, like space wise, time wise, climbing wise, like the boulders, the place, everything about it. It's, it's been really healing to me Yeah. because um, I came from like a very concentrated, stressful time up in the front range. But now that I have landed, I did realize that I love being like climbing day is climbing day. I'm not, especially mm. no editing. Like you said, maybe something, but no editing. No mm-hmm. opening up big projects right before you're like leaving the property to go climbing with friends. Right. And that does feel really nice. And then, you, yeah, no, go for it.
0: Because you care about your climbing, as right. do I, and it makes a difference. It like does. if you if you focus on your climbing on that climbing day and spend the morning like... You don't, if you don't have to decompress at the boulder, you know, if you like have the day to kind of get your mind around what you want to do that day, and it just, you just feel so much more focused. And yeah. then to be able to go back to your van and go back to your little campsite, it's dark by six o'clock, it's cold, there's nothing going on. You're not missing out on anything.
1: I love that. And to just have
0: that time to like, I just find myself like reflecting on my day more and maybe reviewing footage, but like doing the geeky climbing stuff that yeah, I also want to do. Like, yeah, oh, how did it, how fun. did it go today? Like I yeah. want to watch this video and like, okay, I think I can improve my movement on this mm-hmm. part of this climb or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've been like watching movies in the evenings on my climbing fun. days. You know? Yeah. And I, I normally don't let myself do things that are kind of vegging out activities yeah. because life's short. There's lots of shit to do. Get, get to work, you know?
1: Oh, my God. I so identify with that. But it's
0: been so good. Like, it's been it's been incredibly helpful to just pick a mindless action movie each evening and watch a movie a few days a week. I've, I've been so doing nice. that. And
1: it's so nice.
0: Just, yeah, letting myself get caught up in random conversations like when you and I and Jeff were, were talking the other night. Yeah, it just feels good. It just yeah. feels good.
1: I'm definitely guilty in a good way for that because I started watching Life in Pieces um, on Amazon Prime. It's such a silly show, but it's very soothing to me. And yeah, some nights I do want to read a book that is maybe a little more demanding or listen and read my astro- astrology app. But sometimes I'm like, I just want to hit play and then go <laughs> next <And laughs> until like my eyes close and I fall asleep. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And I feel... What you were saying about the climbing day, I like to do yoga before I climb because I feel like I need to feel limber and stretchy because that's, like, one of the things I love about moving on rock is, like, I like stretchy and and, and, and I just love to do yoga. So that's one part of my morning. Um, and, yeah, just kind of getting, like, in that mindset of, like, today I'm going to be outside with friends on rock and not, like, hurrying up to, like, do this one thing before putting everything in your crash pad and leaving. And then the rest days, because I do that now, the rest days feel almost exciting, like in the morning. Mm. I'm like, okay, so yeah, I'm going to do some editing. I'm also going to fill up my water tank. And I'm also going to do this email. And then it's actually like something fresh and new and not just like this thing that got dragged into the next day.
0: Right. You have purpose. Yeah. You have purpose on the climbing days that's a little more focused. Yeah. You have purpose on your rest days that's different mm-hmm. and creative and physically restful, but mentally stimulating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I, I, I wanted to comment on something you said earlier, um, about, you know, being a little more regimented at some point and may, maybe a little more flowy now. I think that has to do with what you were talking about, like how we grow and change and our needs change. And also obviously for people like us, the scenery changes. Um, and that requires a, a lot of intuition, which I love. Because when you can kind of sense, like, hmm, is this the right work to do for me right now? Like, maybe editing is really not what I should be focusing on. Or maybe, you know, of course, like with interviews, you schedule them, you don't really have a choice. But like flowing a little bit more, that's something that I'm learning. And being born and raised like in Germany with a pretty type A personality, the flow thing was not something that I like grew up with or was taught like, oh, trust and flow and things like this. Like none of that it was like to-do lists when I, when I knew how to write, you mm-hmm. know, like clean the guinea pig's cage and like things like this was on my to-do list, right? Like I'm not a flowy person, but now I have become a more flowy person. Um, and it's very exciting to start, yeah, just kind of trusting that process mm-hmm. a little bit more.
0: Same, a hundred percent. I can completely relate to that. And like so many things in my life, so many areas where I've grown and evolved, it's all. It always starts with like me wanting to get better at climbing, right? Mm-hmm. And that leads me <laughs> to some realization or some new thing, and then it come. It filters back. It like comes back into my life in general and plays into all these other, you know, aspects of life. And when I was working as an engineer and had a nine to five and was kind of doubling down on like routines and systems and training. I was, I was ultimate like robot climber. I was trying to create this optimized routine that was going to get me to all my goals, you know? Wow. It just didn't work that well. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't. I mean, that's honestly like why, why I, I know it's like funny, right? But, but honestly, so much of my life was so controlled that it, Almost it kind of did work. Like it, right. it kind of did. Like I had a very, very reliable schedule. And I, I knew how tired I would be from a weekend at Smith because I did the exact same formula every week, you know? Um but but it didn't, yeah, it didn't work as well as I hoped it would. And I just noticed, and this is honestly part of why I started the podcast. Like I just would get really interested when I was out at Smith meeting really good climbers that were visiting or locals and just realized I needed to start asking more questions of the people who were doing what I aspired to do. Yeah. And none of them
1: we're had all those robot. systems. Yeah, None we're of them were, we're robots. robots. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're all human yeah.
0: beings. Yeah. But yeah, like they just, it was so simple. Yeah. They just like would do what they were inspired to do. I'm like, Really, it yeah. can be that easy. Yeah, it's <laughs> so almost like cheating. But, it's so
1: interesting, and I and I have such an appreciation for yeah. engineering and German efficiency.
0: Yeah, totally. And so I've had to really learn how to. I like need to learn how to be more flowy, like more vibey, with my climbing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with my training for climbing.
1: And that happened because
0: I've I've ignored messages from my body. Like that's kind of where it all came apart. Was that I would ignore pretty clear signals from my body for the sake of following the plan. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to stick to the plan and do what I set out to do. But, you know, we're, we we don't respond the way that a robot responds to like code that you put into it. Yeah. You know, we're more complex than that. And if you have shitty sleep for a week or whatever, but um, it's been really good. It's been really positive for me to be less systematic. And again, it's like, almost a paradox there's there's like a balance to be struck there cuz some structure and you know knowing that I'm going to do like right now I do a workout in the evening on every climbing day and I know exactly what I'm going to do it's really simple I don't have to think about it which helps a lot cuz I've already decided like this is what I'm doing on every climbing day that's a huge help but I'm also showing up to my climbing days Trying to really listen to like what sounds good today?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How does my body feel? Like, what do I want to go try? What am I, what do I feel excited to go try? Because if you're holding on to a little fatigue for your, you know, for one of your projects or something, cause you tried it last time, for me, it's like I'm less excited to try that right now. Cause I, I, I can tell that I'm tired in that way that makes that climb hard. You know, like we in Waco, we have roofs, we have. Like more techie, crimpy stuff. We have variety. And I'm noticing that when I stop and listen to my mind and my body and and my um, inspiration, I kind of feel drawn to something over everything else each day. Yeah. Yeah. And in the past, I would have just blown right past that. Like, nope, today I was going to go do this. That's the plan. I'm going to that boulder. You know?
1: I appreciate that. And um, yeah, again, can very much relate.
0: So I'm trying to do that with yeah. everything else now too with with work it. and yeah. how I approach the podcast and I'm still struggling with it because I don't know. I think I just need to work on boundaries. Like that's the biggest thing. I really like that I don't have set days where I do X, Y, or Z. Um, I kind of have a pattern but I like that there's variety and I like that I have enough things to work on to put out a weekly podcast that I can kind of pick which one sounds fun.
1: Yeah, that's Uh, such a luxury. It is. It is such a luxury. I can't wait to get to that point of being able to flow with it more because I think right now, I'm just like you said, this wave of a million things that needs to get done right now or Not right now, but needs to get done before I can even launch, right? It's, Mm. like, very obvious. Like, you have to have certain episodes edited. You have to be ready. um, You have to have the platform figured out and the logo and all the things. But I love this idea of entering a flow because just like you, I feel that my intuition with my body as a dancer and a climber has changed over the years. And now, this would have not happened even, like, a few years ago. I feel like where I go out and it's a cold day, I don't feel good and I might just chill. I might mm-hmm. just be like, after warming up, be like, you know what? Today's not my day. And I do not feel any guilt. That's great. It's such a nice feeling. And like you said, applying that to life is, it's it's an art. Mm-hmm. I think especially for people like us, it's it's really, a, it's like something that we have to work on.
0: Right. And it sounds so, it, it sounds really... Um... It sounds silly to say it all out loud. It's like, okay, yeah, your life is really hard. You live, you're live, you living in Waco right now and climbing as much as you want. I know. Uh, but like, I don't know. If you want to be a professional and make something you're proud of and treat it like a job, then you still have a full-time job, you know? And you have to really work on balancing that with everything else in your life. It's something I've been really... Reflecting on here, something I've been noticing, which is causing me to reflect here, is that every time I step out of my van, I've been like working for a while and putting my head down, you know, and kind of kind of building this sense of like, ah, I gotta get it done, gotta get it done. I notice that I'll take a break, I'll like step out of the van to go on a walk or whatever, go use the bathroom. And the fact that there's nothing going on. That I'm not missing out on anything because nothing is happening. Every time I'm like,
1: ah, it's so. I have relaxing. all the time. Yes, yeah. and I'm
0: not missing out on anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is so lovely and peaceful out here. And it's, it's just made me. I've been thinking a lot about like how do I bring that back with me. To these other climbing areas that don't the. That, don't make it as easy to feel that way, you know. Whether it's the front range, there's just more people, more going on, more A traffic. Rifle like too is crowded
1: and yeah, packed. The camping is packed, and
0: because it's just, it's just in our minds, the, this this sense that there's stuff going on. It's just this weird FOMO thing. It's this weird ego thing. Like, what are people going to think if I sit in my van all day working? Or, you know, what am I missing out on? All these other people are having fun and blah, 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 blah. But when you're here and you're not next to it, you don't miss it. You're like, oh, life is so simple and that's so nice. Or the the bigger one for me is like, what do I think I'm missing out on that I check my fucking phone every like 30 minutes and check Instagram and then check email and then check text messages. And then I... Close my phone and then I open it and check Instagram again, <laughs> I and I know, just go in circles. And I'm like,
1: like why, dude? Why, why, <laughs> why? I don't know. It's just like it's that is actually, I think, partly habit.
0: It's a choice. Well, it is. Yeah. I mean, and and literally, like to give ourselves a break a little bit. You know, the people that design Instagram designed it to be that way. Like they right. are hacking our. You know, they know exactly how our brains are wired, and they're tapping into that. Um, but. It's it's just, a, it's really a choice. Like we can choose to stay tuned in to all of the things and therefore feel like overwhelmed and like we're missing out on everything that we're not there doing. Or we can look at our phones and realize that we could choose to be in Waco. You know, yeah. and just life is, it can be so simple no matter where you are. Like you're not, are you really missing out on anything that you're going to, care about later.
1: Yep. Yeah, I know. I I have to remind myself that and I am even luckier because I'm staying with Dan and Natalie who have 5 acres um on Wagon Wheel Drive and I have basically this like huge property is like my front yard and it's like nobody mm. is there. They Natalie works, you know, she uh, climbs 3 days a week, so I'm kind of on her schedule if I want or go out with Dan cuz he's a guide. <clears throat> but It's like I wake up in the morning and, you know, sun's shining into my door and I'm like, okay, cool. Nobody, nothing. Nobody's knocking on my door. Nobody's even stopping by to say good morning, which on a, you know, campsite like this still may happen. And it's so the opposite of rifle. And that's, I'm relating to rifle because... It was the last climbing area I was in and I spent a lot of time there last summer and I love it for so many reasons. It's a beautiful place. I love the climbing. I love the community, but it can, it can get really intense. And next thing you know, you're kind of socializing every day, just also by circumstance because you park next to each other. And I have to say, I've been really enjoying, and that's I think for me also like a winter um, hibernation symptom that I'm starting to see come every winter mm. is that the boundaries are more necessary.
0: Mm. Yeah, good for uh, you. It's I, I really struggle with um with those boundaries when it comes to social, interactions and things like that you know Mm -hmm. just saying well you're also
1: younger i think that does help like i think mm. that you do like you said we change Mm. and i think as we go older our needs change and maybe there's a possibility that like the need for alone time and processing time and regenerative time becomes more important or we become more aware of its benefits as we're getting older and like needing less of the things that we've done again and again, like another campfire, another mm. thing, another conversation versus like, I can just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all fun though. Here Another we are, person. Got another person, who cares? Another <laughs> podcast episode. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, there is like a little bit of um, FOMO decrease, I think. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know?
0: I feel that. It makes sense. Yeah, I feel that. It's getting easier but still, something I need to work on definitely because yeah. it's it's interesting. And again, I feel so I feel so grateful for my lifestyle. I'm literally living my dream life that I, you know, envisioned going on like short walks at my engineering job before.
1: Oh my god! Like it's
0: happening. It's Yay. crazy. That's I love that. Cool. But um, there, of course, like anything, there's there's growing pains and there's challenges that come with it, and. I wonder if you feel this way. Like you and I are are kind of a rare breed in this lifestyle. Maybe less so now with COVID where more people are working remotely and they're out here and they have full-time jobs and stuff. But Rifle is a great example. Like whenever I go to Rifle, I'm the one that's working full-time and trying to climb. And then everyone else there is like on vacation. Yep. Whether they're there for the weekend to climb or whether they're taking a season and they work seasonally and they're just in climbing mode. And that's that can be really hard to say, like, like I'm so sorry, I gotta, I gotta drive to town, do my thing, and get to work today. I can't yeah. hang out, you know. Yeah,
1: I personally think it's kind of inspiring to me to be like, nope, I'm gonna go do this other thing and have that purpose.
0: It's so it's so interesting. I get really inspired by people that are good at that too. And I don't understand why it's so hard to do
1: but it's not I really you do it all the time but I, sh-
0: I like feel weird about it all the interesting.
1: time interesting like the moment you're driving out of the canyon or something yeah Yeah. I just dip out Yeah. I, it's easier sometimes I think those moments of dipping out are something that I still need to get better at because I feel like sometimes <laughs> you're like at the arsenal and it's like oh no, hi Sandy, I haven't seen you in three years oh my gosh you know, the sun's so big or something yeah. like this and then next thing you know it's like I really need to just leave just like you're extracting yourself out of molasses and it's really difficult you're like ah so so um, the dipping out moment, that's the my crux still, I think. Mm, mm-hmm. like the, And I think that my friend Emily Korth is really good about like peacing out. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. And I just see her just like driving really fast out of the campsite just like peace out because she wants to climb a mountain the next morning. So she's mm. getting up at 4 a.m. and she's like, yep, cool. Might as well get the drive done with there's no like, "Hey, Isabel, like I'm going to climb this mountain and like have fun with dinner and like then we'll climb maybe." No, it's like, "No, I'm going to just leaves." Yeah. And and nobody gives a fuck like at no. the end of the day it's fine. Right. Everybody's obviously very independent. Yeah. And can cook their own meals and find climbing partners and it's it's not a big deal.
0: And like you said, it's it's Attractive. It's like admirable.
1: Right. right.
0: Right. It's it's the opposite of whatever we're afraid it is. Yeah. when, when it's us trying to do that thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, am I gonna
1: mm.
0: hurt people's feelings or whatever? It's like, no, the people whose opinions you care about that matter.
1: Exactly. They're That's, gonna
0: respect it. They're gonna appreciate you for that.
1: Yeah, that actually leads me to maybe my final question. If there's a piece of advice and I think everything you've already said. Has been advised, but something that you feel like the people out there who are listening who are creating their own projects and their own agendas and schedules and expectations, if there's like one or two things that you would want them to walk away with, I know that's like a hard, like Mm. that's a heavy question, but yeah, what comes to mind that you'd want them to remember, including you know, myself, because yeah, I'm just getting after it.
0: I think. Yeah, I'll just kind of think out loud. There's a few things that popped into my mind as you're asking that. And the first one, I'll just reiterate what I think I already said in this conversation, which is I don't think I've, I can't think of anyone that I've met that's built something amazing or who is amazing at something, whether that's climbing or a craft or anything, who doesn't love it, who doesn't love what they do. And there's a balance to be struck there. Like, start with that, I guess, rather than doing what I did for so long, which is like trying to brainstorm things that might be, you know, good business ideas or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like that, I mean, it can work. um, But man, if if you have something that you just want to make for its own sake, you're off to a great start because you will do the things that will set it apart that most people don't do. You know, like I think part of the reason why this why my podcast has been successful if it if it has been is that i genuinely love making it i love i love what i do you know i love the conversations i love hearing people's stories and having the chance to share them and it feels like a huge honor to get 2 hours of someone's time so with that i'm going to put in the time to I'm going to respect their time by learning about them and having good thoughtful questions prepared and I'm going to respect them as a human by packaging that episode the best I possibly can with like a thoughtful intro and you know a nice edit that that helps bring out the best in them and things like that. You're just going to make a better product if you actually like what you're making.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes perfect yeah. sense.
0: And I have a few more thoughts. I mean the next one is to combine Things that you love or are good at in a unique way, you Mm -hmm. know, like that will set you apart. Mm -hmm. And you, like, things don't fit in boxes anymore, you know, like more and more. um, I mean, we see this with the stuff people are doing just on Instagram and TikTok and whatever else, the stuff people are making and their creativity. It's like, or like music, you know, it's really hard to put a lot of my favorite new music into genres. I don't even know what the, what it is, right? It's like, well, it's kind of a combination of all, you know, indie something, jazz, r- rap, hip hop, electronic. I, I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what it is. And I know, I know that I like it. it, right? But it's in, it's clearly influenced by a huge diversity, you know, of 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 things and different artists and stuff, and that's. Amazing. and with something like a podcast or any other creative thing, I think with our with technology and the, the ability to find an audience who is going to love what you do, who's going to have the same interest that you have, I think we're being rewarded now by doubling down on our own like genuine authentic curiosity or inspiration like make the thing that you really want to make and niche down like I, I have like the most niche geeky podcast you can imagine and there's like 12,000 people that listen to it every week yeah. it's crazy
1: it's incredible you I know. know it's very inspiring it really is I
0: didn't even know there were that many people <laughs> out there like trying to climb hard sport routes or you know whatever yeah, it is but
1: yeah.
0: but there's I mean there are successful YouTube channels and podcasts and whatever books about things you've never even heard of before. Crazy activities that people are totally obsessed with. There's whole communities about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's tempting to want to um, make things more approachable, more accessible, more you know, um, palatable mm-hmm. for newer listeners and stuff like that. But I, th- I think the best strategy to find an audience who is going to love what you do is to n- double down on that niche and combine things you're good at. Like for me, um, I never even, you know, when you think about like <clears throat> I'm going to leave this engineering job, I'm going to take a leap, I'm going to build my own business. Like the list of of skills that I'm um leveraging to make this podcast weren't even on my radar for Mm -hmm. like years of brainstorming, right? I never thought about my communication skills. I never thought about my curiosity in people's stories and asking good questions and being a good listener because I'm an introvert and I never thought I wanted to like be on the radio, you know? So I just never even, it never considered, it never occurred to me to do a podcast or to put my voice out there. And, you know, the way that the engineer in me and the interest in details and wanting to understand and get my head around someone's approach and system and making my own systems like combining that with my audio skills from my time as a musician and combining that with the skills i gained as an odd an auditor when i worked as an engineer like that's very similar to interviewing, oddly. And I, it never occurred to me that that would serve me in something later on.
1: Yeah, it's you know? not black and white.
0: And I'm not like, I'm not, I had a lot of uh, um, imposter syndrome early on, especially when people started getting interested in my story and wanting to hear my thoughts on anything related to climbing. I had a ton of imposter syndrome because everyone I talk to on the podcast climbs harder than I do. That's like, not everyone, but most of them, that's like one of my major criteria, Yeah, <laughs> you know, because <yeah. laughs> I want to learn from you. Um, So I'm like, who am I to, to have any opinions on this that people want to hear? But that's not the thing. Like people don't listen to my podcast because I'm the best rock climber and they don't listen to it because I'm the best, because I'm the most knowledgeable climbing trainer, coach, whatever, or because I'm the best interviewer or because my audio sounds the best, but it's some like magical combination of all of those things mm-hmm. that I'm leveraging to make something that's one of a kind because it's me.
1: That's really great feedback. I love that. I know the skills that you weren't even aware of that translated in that sense. Um, yeah. yeah. It's funny,
0: man. I would. <laughs> I was uh, in charge of supplier control my last couple of years as an engineer for this aerospace company. Basically, like I was the guy that had to make sure that Everything that we bought that went on the airplane, you know, met aerospace specs. Like we're we're getting it from sources who can show me that like their quality systems are up to snuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would have to audit some of these companies that we'd buy important components from and fly to like Oklahoma, the middle of nowhere. There's oddly like a ton of aerospace in Oklahoma, and where else? Ohio. Huh. Everyone in the town works there. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and it was just me and just me representing my company and auditing their quality system. And I had to go in there with enough knowledge of what they do to be able to ask the right questions without having to be an expert at what they do. Right. And that is oddly similar to interviewing a professional rock climber. It's like, I've learned enough about what you do to be able to be really curious and to be able to ask things that make sense and pull on threads and get an interesting story out of you. But I've never even been to Yosemite. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really
1: good skill. I'm
0: know. i like a boulderer and a sport climber and I've never been to Yosemite. And I'm like asking Ron Kauk about his first ascent of, you know, whatever
1: yeah Something. That's so interesting yeah that is yeah. a really really good skill also like it's a little bit of a confidence thing like you know your discomfort zone that we were talking about earlier like showing up there and just being like I have enough knowledge to ask these questions confidently and calmly and trust myself that I will get the results back to my company that I need but also like it is intimidating mm-hmm. it is a little bit uncomfortable yeah um
0: final piece of advice. I'm, yes. I'm like oh no, good. They're, they're I'm so popping, excited. They're popping into my yes. mind. And the final one, and I, th- I think a lot of people get this, but um I think maybe you got hung up on this a little bit. And I, I definitely did with some of my other ideas that I tried out before the podcast. Like I tried making an Amazon business and a couple other things, but like don't let the business part, everything that comes with that that feels scary stop you from just making the thing. Yeah, Make the thing. You will absolutely be able to figure out all the other stuff as needed as you go. You don't have to worry about like having business insurance and a certain kind of bank account or whatever. You know, like you don't have to have that stuff figured out. You don't have to have a trademark at first. Um, you can figure all that stuff out as needed, but like do the thing first. See if you actually like it. Right. That's so important. Like, try the thing. You might not like it. You might have a really cool idea and then try it and like, oh, I hate this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm still in that phase where I'm figuring it out because yeah. I do feel a lot of anxiety around all the different things that podcasting is involving. But like you said, Isabel, try it, commit to it, go for it. And then if in a year from now or so you like, you know, still not loving it because... Or, you know, I was thinking the other day, if I get to this point where I could outsource the things that I really don't like doing. Totally. You know, like, if editing really continues to be just, like, something, I'll be like, Steven, how much are you charged? <laughs> <laughs> well, you would be my engineer, my sound engineer. Totally. But, no, but really, like, yeah. and that's not something that you can afford on day one, but, like, maybe you could do get to the point where, like, I can now focus more and more on the things that I actually love the most. Oh, my God, that's, like, dream life right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone... Every successful person does that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that's a i, I mean you're kind of, you you become kind of a project manager, you know right, but your right. job is to delegate and to just make sure the job gets done. you don't have to do it all yourself, mm-hmm. and you know there will likely reach a, become a point where if you're the bottleneck like you're doing something wrong you know
1: yeah yeah, exactly
0: It's interesting, I thought I was going to outsource editing and then just didn't feel good about it. I even found a person, like they reached out to me and I interviewed him or kind of, we just chatted on Zoom and I really like the guy. I think he'd do a great job. But I just felt uncomfortable with it.
1: Oh, that's funny because I am—I—I I, I can already tell you ninety-nine percent that I will probably not outsource editing because I'm mm. a control freak.
0: Uh,
1: I'm a—I'm con- a creative I'm control freak. Like even when it comes to dances and choreography, when I work with my dancers, <laughs> I'm—I can be a little rigid in that sense. Like I really like to know what the product is going to be like. But then as but, far as like the engineering goes, sorry, yeah. that, that part, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, or or other things. Like for me, I realized that even more than editing, I just needed – I just didn't have enough time to do all the things I was trying to do. Right. And I realized like, oh, another huge pain point, and actually I hate doing this. Like I, I dread it way more than editing is – fucking Instagram, like making posts for Instagram. Don't want
1: to do that part. I would love to outsource that And I found
0: someone who's fucking awesome at it and she loves it and she's really good. And I review everything to make sure that I can stand behind Mm -hmm. what I'm putting out there. And Mm -hmm. I I interact, like if people message me, I'm the one that answers them. Mm -hmm. But as far as like creating the post to put out, to promote the podcast... I found someone who can do it better than me.
1: Yeah, you might want to pass on her information <laughs> <laughs> to me. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. That yeah. is and that one I would love to find somebody yeah. to help me with because
0: And that was like a year in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't maybe a year and a half. I couldn't afford it at first.
1: That's some really good advice that you're leaving us with. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It was it such a pleasure talking to you. I, I feel like I could keep going, which is probably why your podcasts are longer than mine because it is <laughs> like you said, you can dive deeper and and it's just been really fun. This is like the fun part
0: mm, super fun for me. thank you so much for having me
1: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And please feel free to send questions, comments, and topics you would like to hear about to Isabel at kegglesandcoffee.com. That is I S A B E L at kegglesandcoffee.com. Or you can find me on Instagram under coffee. Take good care, stay tuned, and remember when in doubt, drink coffee or do keggles.